Tom, are you okay? I lost her. Her? She was going to be this epic, trilogy-worthy character. I was going to be the hottest writer in Hollywood. But I can't get past Act One! You need some writer's group therapy. Hello and welcome to Writer's Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're writers helping writers. Are you ready for your session? The doctors are in. Well, we were just talking about your Netflix queue and how it's like crazy long. Yes, I uh, have, I don't know, I've lost track hundreds of things in my queue. But it, it's weird. I, I realized recently as I'm scrolling through and it says, always says like, oh, because you watch this or because you, you like this movie, I'm going to show you these other movies you might like. And I suddenly realized my queue is just completely filled with sci-fi and anime and animation and action and horror. And I'm like, is this all I ever watch? <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I, you know, and right now, one of the projects I'm working on, I'm trying to write a comedy and it's really hard. I've always, I've always been leery of trying to write comedy. It's not easy. And you know that, right? It is a, it's a certain, uh, yeah, yeah. Specific skill set. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and then I realized as I'm going through my Netflix queue, I'm like, where are all the comedies? Where are all the comedies? And I, I think Netflix has kind of pushed me into one direction where it just keeps feeding me more of what it thinks I like, which I do like all those sci-fi action horror stuff. But at the same time, I feel like it's kind of limiting me. I'm like, wait, where are all these other, you know, genres that are out there? Why can't I see those too? And you can, you can go in and kind of click around and find the genres thing. Um, but then I actually stumbled across this, this uh, secret list that is on the internet of categories in Netflix um, of all the categories that are available. So if you go to a web page and it lists out every category, I mean, it goes to like Belgian movies or, uh, you know, um, you know, buddy, buddy cop movies or, you know, romantic, uh, you know, teen movies. It has a complete breakdown of all these hundreds of categories that they have. And so it, it, it immediately helped me find other things that were outside my normal comfort area of watching or what Netflix was telling me to watch. And I suddenly feel like I've got a whole new, well, another whole bunch of movies I can add to my queue that I can't watch because I don't know enough time. You know, it's funny, uh, listening to you talk about it, I was just thinking about like the whole, when you look on Facebook and you see all the the ads that are queued into what you were just looking at online or, oh, yeah. you know, the, the feeds and, you know, even how people have noticed over the last couple of years, you tend to gravitate towards the same thing. So like everyone's going to like the feeds that bolster their political and religious and whatever views. And, and I was thinking, wow, we're just getting so homogenous because that's how the, uh, what, what do they call that the, on the back end? Alg algorithms? Algorithms. Yeah. That's how the algorithms work. So we're just getting really homogenous, but, uh, Anyway, yeah, it's funny because um, <laughs> I just had this happen just recently. A friend of mine um, started to get ads on his Facebook page that were all about dogs and cats, and he doesn't have any pets. And he might have just looked up one thing with a dog or a cat, and suddenly it started feeding him all this animal stuff. Like, and there's like, oh, you should buy this book on dancing with your cat and weird stuff like that. Maybe you should get that because you do. Have cats. <laughs> that's but, awesome. But, but I wonder how he did. He just like look at some cat thing randomly online, and that's it, it why might have, yeah. Oh but it just shows you how, how technology tries to understand us and then keeps us in that rut of the genre or the topic that it thinks we're 
completely enamored with. Like we must want to talk about that all the time. And it's making, I don't know if it's making us less rounded people, but I feel like I have become less rounded as how I consume media. And I think mm -hmm. that affects me as a writer too. See, I'm, like I said, I'm trying to write this comedy. Well, I should probably spend a lot more time watching really good comedies to see how they, you know, build their characters and flow of the story and how the jokes work. And, you know, I mean, you can always take classes too, but, you know, this is kind of like by watching the masters, so to speak, you can mm -hmm. kind of get, gain more insight into how they work. Yeah. I mean, I think with a lot of, I mean, it's, it's a good and a bad thing. I mean, what do you think? Because on the one hand, like I do love comedy and I've grown up watching a lot of comedy and a lot of musicals. And so I know instinctively what makes a scene funny or the timing of something or what works in a musical and what doesn't as far as pushing the story along or, you know, because I have a background in singing and, and performance, I can tell when someone doesn't have breath support. I mean, something as, as random and technical as that. And so it's good to be honed in on something, right? Because you want to be a master at your craft, not jack of all trades, master of none, right? But at the same time, yeah. you're, you're also right. It is good to diversify your ideas at the very least, even if you aren't going to diversify your genre, just so you can have more stuff to write about. Yeah, no, I think that makes total sense. Um, obviously there's, you know, we, we, we study other things. We have books and seminars and classes we can take and, you know, you know, about comedy and the different characters and, and, and learning that way. But I'm just wondering, you know, it, it, this happens in, in the news world too. We feel like, like you said, homogenized. We've, we've kind of technologically pushed ourselves into these ruts and, uh, and I'm just trying to, trying to, you have to almost mentally internally tell yourself to to look elsewhere and find these other avenues to expand yourself. So just like you were saying, you have a lot of experience doing comedy as an actor and and you and as a writer. So I learn from you by reading your stuff and we do that in our writers group too, you know, so um that's great because it exposes us to other people's writing and other styles of writing and other genres of writing. I just think people need to be aware that uh, don't let technology, you know, do that to you, you know, choose to be more diverse in your content. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, though, I will say, and in fact, this just happened recently when I was working on a sketch, a comedy sketch, and I sent it to you specifically because one, I know you give good notes, but also because you're outside of it, a little bit if you react to it that's a good thing to me ah yeah you know that whereas i sense. think yeah whereas i think if i sent it to a comedy writer who specializes in that they might analyze it so much to death that i'll be like oh okay i didn't realize like you know there's no uh yeah. organic reaction to it because they're so busy analyzing all the beats and all the structure and so at least when you gave me notes on it i was like okay he's having an organic reaction to what i'm writing so I think there is a little bit of value in cross, what's the word? Cross, cross pollinating. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Like, well, oh. share, yeah. Sharing with people outside your, your genre, so to speak. Cause, mm -hmm. Yeah. Because everyone has a sense of humor. They're all different. But if, yeah, if you're only sharing, I like what you said there. If you're only sharing with a, another comedy writer, they're coming at it from a different angle than just an audience member or an average person. And, you know, I guess in comedy, you'd kind of want to have uh, the option to have the person uh, 
who you have no idea what they like or or who's who you think would be least likely to laugh at something be the one to laugh at it you know kind of like the worst case scenario like oh this person's never going to find this funny but if they do then you've kind of hit the hit gold you know yeah. like yeah you're like okay if this person will laugh at it then everyone's going to laugh at it yeah so so you have to like really find um tough you know critics i guess in some ways but uh tougher audiences um, cause nothing's worse than going to a comedy and, and then the jokes just keep falling flat. And especially if you don't know why, Yeah, you know, you want the average person to be able to react to something, whether it's drama or comedy or horror mm-hmm. or whatever. That makes me wonder if, you know, sometimes when we tear apart movies on our podcast and in our lives, um, especially like the sci-fi ones that have the huge leaps of logic and stuff. Mm-hmm. Where I wonder if who they show those to, who do they have read those scripts? You know, are they getting, you know, because especially with science fiction, you know, I know a lot of people who um, uh, they always say, oh, I don't like science fiction. I don't like science fiction. And it's because it's, uh, usually it's because it's too unreal. It's like it takes them too out of their life. You know, they're like, well, that could never happen. Mm. But if you can, you know, so if, if you can get those people interested in something, you know, that's a little more fantastic, but without going too crazy, then you've kind of hit the right, you know, mark to get a broader audience that will like your film. Are you talking about movies like Blade Runner, not like Star Wars? Well, all of them in general. Star Wars obviously is a completely different universe, whereas Blade Runner is more grounded sci-fi that tries to build on our current society. So yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's a good explanation because Star Wars is complete fantasy versus something that could possibly happen. Well, cause I would argue that something like Blade Runner is a very niche thing where like you are a hardcore sci-fi fan if you like it versus you know something like star wars which is really at at its core meant for mass appeal yeah well yeah blade runner is actually um sci-fi and film noir which yeah that those are two niches very yeah getting more nichey the further down you go yeah so the idea is if if you can appeal to people outside your genre you're going to have a bigger audience for your project, I guess. And then you also have a, a um, better idea of if your story is going to work on a larger scale than just your niche. Yeah. I was just thinking hmm. of that, that fil- uh, food critic from Ratatouille. <laughs> like if you, <laughs> if you can get him to smile, then you're fine, you know? <laughs> Very, yeah, that's kind of the ultimate success, I guess. So how about for all of you? Do you ever feel like you're in a writing rut and how do you get out of it? Let us know at WG Therapy. You can also find us online at writersgrouptherapy.com. And if you like what you hear, subscribe and share it with your friends. We'll see you next week.